3: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big Eight Seventy, Mike you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. Bear. Joining us now from Locked On Pelicans is Jake Madison. Jake, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon in a big game tonight. Jake, as I'm walking into the building today, one of the security guards stopped me and said, Hey, say, Mr. Mike, what's happening, man? Can the can the Pelicans pull it off tonight? Man, I know the Celtics are good. I think they'd win if they had Zion and and B.I., but man, I don't know about it tonight. Uh Uh, So you know who you're going up against, a team that I I think really made hay last year by playing some great defense down the stretch. Uh, Okay, you got to shoot the ball, but really their defense was outstanding uh, last year to get them to where they got.
2: Yeah, look, this Celtics team that the Pelicans are playing tonight is really good. They're first in the Eastern Conference. They have... All-star, all-NBA caliber players in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're well-coached despite kind of having some turmoil with that this offseason as well. So to see where they are, it's, it's truly an impressive team. And don't forget, they came to New Orleans and pretty much just smoked the Pelicans earlier on in the season. This is a tough one without Zion Williamson, without Brandon Ingram. There's no Herb Jones in this game as well. You could really use him defensively in this. But we've seen for New Orleans, you know, they're a deep team. They kind of play with a next man up mentality, and they're capable of going out and winning games, even without two of their best players out there. It would not shock me if C.J. McCollum goes for 40. You might see Najee Marshall go for 20-something points, as he's been a real key piece for New Orleans down the stretch. So it's going to be an uphill fight, certainly, but it doesn't mean that the Pelicans can't get the win.
4: Well, uh, Jake, I don't know. I, think, I don't know what you're smoking, uh, but uh, it might happen. You could call. Uh, <laughs> i trying, but... yeah, trying to beat yeah, up He's trying to beat oh, He's massaging hey, oh, it, Bob. No, no, come on. No, no. Uh, Jake, we're not playing the Wizards. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I understand the point you're making, but uh, uh, to t- me, what is your take on this? I mean, I don't know. When you hear like turf toe, what do they call it? Court toe? Uh, Like with Brandon Ingram, his toe injury. I mean, I guess you can't say turf because no turf, it's the uh, the court. But look, it has caused him to miss the last 22 games. He's missed 26 in all and has played in just 15 games. I mean, you talked about Herb Jones, his back contusion. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's bad luck. You have to have luck with injuries, but... I mean, uh, what, what, did we, like, think that maybe this lingered too long for Brandon Ingram? What's your take on that? Because, man, it's like kind of out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, Zion and all, we all know that the impact they have. But, I mean, then you're going on the road and uh, we're in the hunt. I, I still think. I look at the, uh, whether it's the east or the west. I'd say the Pelicans are somewhere probably five to eight, somewhere around there when you look at all, all the prospective teams. But, I don't know. I'm kind of discouraged right now, Jake. (laughs) Lift me up a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know, the Brandon Ingram injury is interesting. Part of it is we just don't have a lot of information. I always find it difficult to try and evaluate medical staffs, particularly in the NBA, where there's not a lot of insight there. There's not a lot of transparency there, nor should there be, right? They're trying to win basketball games. You don't need to share that information and have opponents know it. So it's understandable from a certain standpoint, but You'd like to see this guy out there, and when you hear toe injury, you know you assume this wouldn't keep him out for 22 straight games, as you mentioned earlier. I can tell you it sounds like he had a setback, was close to returning, I think tried to go off of that toe, and it didn't feel right. It might have set him back a little bit, so that's added more time to it, and I think that's why they're probably being overly cautious right now. You know, the Pelicans are in a good spot. They're right. third in the Western Conference. They feel pretty good about where they are with their depth. And I think they realize they don't need to necessarily win basketball games right now. They need to win basketball games at the end of the season and in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's where yeah, you're yeah, going to need Brandon Ingram right then. Not necessarily right now. If you have him right now, it's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But you'd rather him miss a couple of extra games an extra week or two if it means he's going to be ready and playing his best basketball in the postseason when those wins matter significantly more. We've also seen from him that last year he was dealing with a hip injury, tried to come back from that sooner when he wasn't 100% healthy to see what he could give the team, and it just didn't work. He was actively hurting the team out there on the court. He was just not ready to go. So I think taking kind of a long view of the season, plus what happened last year is causing the team and Brandon Ingram to be a little bit more cautious and just waiting until he is 100% healthy and that there's no chance of a reoccurrence of this injury or an aggravation or a setback you know it's not fun losing games right now the Pelicans have a tough stretch of schedule coming up without zion williamson you'd like to see brandon ingram out there to kind of tip their scales uh you know in their favor a little bit more but if it means he won't be fully himself for the playoffs well then it's not worth doing it and i think that's why you're seeing the team be a little bit cautious with him right now
4: now, uh, you know, Jake, because uh, I was, uh, my next question was along the same lines of this texter. And uh, I think it's uh, right on because, you know, you don't have all hands on deck, uh, but you got a free throw. So the reason why it's called the free throw. Uh, I'm looking at ninety five fifty eight, It says, hey, Bear, the Pelicans better shoot free throws better. They can't go 22 of 35, and then you lose by 10 points. And along those lines, I'm looking, and I, I know you break this all down. So when you look at that, they are currently shooting, what, 78% free throws, which is 16 in the league. Shouldn't you be like uh, that That because they could come down to whether you make or miss your free throws, at least be a top 10 team That's uh, as far as your free throw percentage?
2: Yeah, you know, it, it's not where you'd like it to be. They're not bad at free throws. As you mentioned, they're 16th in the league, right? They're right. just right smack in the middle. They're not good. They're not bad. They're exactly pretty much average with it. Right. But when you look at what the Pelicans do with their free throws and how many they get, you'd like that number to be higher because it's actually a big part of their offense. This is a team that shoots the third most free throw attempts per game in the league. They're getting to the line a lot. That primarily has to do with Zion Williamson and how often he gets fouled and goes to the line. But it gets the team in the bonus. It means that at a certain point, any foul is going to send any Pelicans player to the line, and they're not taking advantage of that. And so they are leaving a lot of points on the table. Just because they're 16th and perfectly average at it, when you're shooting more free throws than most every other team in the league, 16th isn't good enough. You want to be in the top 10. You want to be in the top five because that's a significant advantage that you have. So certainly they need to get better on that. I think they need to be a little bit better shooting overall. You'd like to see some more three-point shooting as well from them. Hopefully that comes with time, but some of the free throw issues they've had, you know, it's a little mind blowing at times. And then you see what the Miami Heat did the other night with oh, right. Set a record, unbelievable. Right. Set <laughs> a record. That's an incredible thing to be able to see. Imagine if the Pelicans were doing that, getting 40 points, 30 points from the free throw line. You'd have two or three more wins for sure. <laughs> you'd have probably more than that. More than that. I yeah. hope that that's, that's, that's something they'd be able to do. And it's going to be a big way they can win games in the postseason. If they're in the bonus in a quarter with eight minutes to go, and we've seen them do that at times, you're Allowed, you, you can press a lot harder, right? You can get opponents in foul trouble. You can foul out some of their better players or force them to the bench, which then gives you an even greater advantage. So this is an area that New Orleans really needs to try and take advantage of.
4: Now, uh, Jacob, I'll put you on the spot. Uh, do, you, do you think we see uh, B.I. Brandon Ingram before uh, Zion or um, you in know, part of the mix? Uh, what does what, what
2: your crystal ball t- tells you? I hope so. I hope so, right? Yeah, I think we will. You know, I I couldn't put a date on it. I hope he's close. It sounds like he's really trying to kind of get there. You know, I also say that because I'm worried this Zion Williamson injury is going to be longer than maybe what we had seen. This This is a training staff that is very cautious with their players. They don't want to rush people back. They know that it's not just about this season, but subsequent seasons as well. We've seen some injury luck with Zion, you know, missing all of last season, injury bad luck, I should say. They don't want a repeat of that and they don't want to put themselves in a situation where that could happen. So it's not always just about this year and winning games right now, but what's it going what's the impact gonna be in subsequent seasons? I think they, you know, they said we're gonna be reevaluating Zion in three weeks from when that injury happened. It's likely that he's not going to be ready to go in three weeks, and even if he was, he still needs another week or two of conditioning and getting him back out there on the court. You know, you're looking at him potentially missing the all-star break at this point. So I think we will see Brandon Ingram back before Zion Williamson. I just couldn't tell you when.
4: Now, uh, you know, Jake, when you look at, obviously, you know, when you go on a road stretch, uh, what was your vision before they went on this road stretch? Uh, because it seems like it has not, uh, come to plan fruition. I should say, uh, considering maybe how the fan base was so optimistic. I, I guess you could be in a roller coaster and you have ups and downs. of. Uh, a couple of people have talked to me, you know, you're pumping gas at a gas station and they go, I'm kind of down on the pelts right now, you know, because who's playing and all that. So so what is your take? I I think this been uh right now, uh, and, and then you play in the Celtics, I think it's been a tough road stretch to say the least.
2: It has, you know, this, this was a tough five game stretch. It's five games in 10 days against some very, very good teams. But look. They've taken care of business kind of in their recent stretch, right, against teams they should. They beat the Houston Rockets. Wizards. They beat the Washington Wizards. You had to win those games. Those were almost must-wins. You know, they played the Brooklyn Nets really tough. They played, you know, outside of the first quarter against the Dallas Mavericks really well. I think they're kind of doing as expected right now. You know, during the stretch with no Zion, with no Brandon Ingram, you're hoping for them to just tread water, to expect them to go above five hundred during a period like this. I think is a little bit unrealistic. So you're taking care of business against the teams that you should beat, which is not always what we've said about this Pelicans team. And that is the mark of a good team, a sign of a good team. You'll you know likely lose this game tonight. Though I will tell you, the Boston Celtics tend to play down to their competition too. So I think that could leave the door open for New Orleans a little bit. But they should be able to go on the road and beat Detroit. Then you have another tough game against Cleveland. But that's the end of the road trip. If you can go two and three on this road trip, given some of the teams that you're playing and the amount of days that it was in, I think that's a pretty good stretch for the Pelicans. They're, They're also helped by... You know, the other teams in the Western Conference aren't really taking advantage right now. New Orleans, despite these injuries, is still third. If yeah, they hang, in, they a hang, little hang bit, in there. They hang in there. You know, it, it helps that, you know, the, their opponents, their competition for playoff spots aren't as great as we thought they might be right now, too. So just hanging around, I think, is a good thing. You kind of are just waiting for the reinforcements to come back for this team to get healthy. And then you can hopefully start peaking at the right time at the end of the season going into the playoffs.
4: Now, uh, Jake, uh, there's a little off topic that depels, but I know you know the NBA. Uh, I mean, you know who turn things around, and uh, I'm always intrigued by this. Uh, I think he should be coach of the year. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season, but Jacques Vaughn, the Nets. <laughs> what? Considering uh, what we uh, saw uh, a year uh, ago. Okay, oh I'm, I'm looking at the Nets and what they've done as of late. And uh, to me, Kyrie Irving, talk about a space cadet, but Kyrie Irving's like Antonio Brown of the NBA. Anybody that says the world's flat, what the what? what are you talking about? <laughs> but, but the one thing you could say you when that, he wants to play basketball, a he's, at, a, he's at an unbelievable uh, level.
2: Come on. You know, it's funny, right? Because John Vaughn was almost the head coach of the Pelicans. They were very <laughs> interested in yeah. him before before hiring Willie Green, right? and if it wasn't Willie Green. It was probably going to be Jock Vaughn. I'm sure both teams are happy with how this worked out, right? But it's like the Willie Green effect. You bring in a coach that just connects with these players, and it turns you around. You know, things did not go well under Stan Van Yundy. The players openly did not like him. You know, Zion Williamson referred to him as Coach Gundy. That's not the guy's name, which tells you a lot about what you need to know right there. And you bring in Willie Green, a guy that connects with these players and look at what they did last season. And I think it's pretty similar. You brought in a coach that for whatever reasons is able to connect with, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and get their buy-in to what they need to do in a way that Steve Nash just was not. Couldn't and sometimes do that's all you need, right? It's less about the X's and O's and more about getting the buy-in, getting these players to play to their ability and kind of bought into what the team is trying to do overall. And they've done it in Brooklyn. And, you know, they're up to second in the Eastern Conference. Right? I think they might be the favorite coming out of that conference overall. With the, the talent they have, you know, they, they'll drop probably a little bit with the Kevin Durant injury right now, but it's an incredible coaching job. That's the biggest thing in the NBA is that ego management, that player management, not the X's and O's when you're a head coach. And clearly John Bond's able to do it similar to what Willie Green did with the Pelicans last year and what he's doing with them currently.
3: Uh, Jake, uh, as I was coming here today, and uh, Bobby talked about pumping gas, that's what I was doing. Somebody comes up to me and says, who well, you got on from the Pels tonight? I said, Jake Madison. I said, actually, Jake, does he think that Valanchunas has been the most consistent player, and the guy that answers the bell every night on, on this team, the most consistent player on this Pels team?
2: I don't know if I would call him the most consistent, but that comes with an asterisk on it. And that asterisk is he's a big man. And this is not the same type of big man as Zion Leamson. Sure. And you put the ball in his hands at the top of the three-point line. He just drives down low and scores, right? Finishes like Kyrie Irving around the rim. Valanciunas needs some service from the rest of this Pelicans team, and they don't always get it to him. That Brooklyn Nets game, he should have been able to dominate against that team. But the problem was the Pelicans couldn't get him the ball. They, they turned yeah. it over anytime time they tried oh, to yeah. make an entry pass to him in the post, and that's something that the Pelicans have struggled with Significantly, They also struggled with it against the Dallas Mavericks. And then when Willie Green made that a focus of the team, you saw what Valanchunas was able to do against right. the Washington Wizards, where he had 20 points in the first half. So he's a guy that can be the most consistent. He's a guy that can go out, and I think he's very underrated for this team offensively and defensively, too. He's not a rim protector. He's not a shot blocker, but he's a bit of a rim deterrent because he's just such a big guy that you can't send people at him all the time, and he'll force you to miss some shots and do different things. But he needs help from the rest of the team, and they don't have guys that consistently get him the ball in his spot, and that's something they need to work on. Rookie Dyson Daniels might be one of the best players at that. You need to get the other guys to do that, and if they yeah. do that, there's nights when Valanciunas will carry you two wins, and it makes you feel a little bit better about Zion and Brandon Ingram getting out, but he needs help from the rest of the team, too.
3: Thank you, Jake. We appreciate it, and I know the game's uh, cranking up pretty soon, but we appreciate your insights, and uh, always super, brother. Appreciate it. All right, thanks,
2: Jake. Thanks for having me on, you guys.
3: All right, Jake Madison. For all things Pelicans, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Mac and Jimmy will come to you right after this break here on The Big 870.